Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Here we go with another shut-up show. Today, we're going to get our butts whipped. And it's going to be fun. You're going to love it. We are so dang excited to have Erica Laramark on the show. And I'm in Philadelphia, kind of loud here. So I'm going to just ask questions as Bernie leads us today to some awesome. So, Bernie, I'm going to hand it over to you. Do our intro. Make Erica feel loved. Awesome. And, Erica, thank you for being here and agreeing to be on the show. We are so damn excited to have you. And uh, Srini of Blogcast FM knows this. It wouldn't be a shut-up show if I didn't start a very long-winded introduction to, to introduce our guests. So, Erica, before we uh, start asking you questions, I have a very interesting story to tell you. Um, we know that you, well, Phil and I, and many of our viewers, know that you are a coach, consultant, author, and a lot of other amazing things. Um, that excites me because, you know, I'm a fellow coach myself and you know Phil as well. Phil also consults and speaks as well but the really cool thing is I don't think you realize this but I think that your and my path converged back in 2008. Okay. <laughs> Before we even knew what we were going to become and here's why. Back in 2008 when I first kicked my corporate job to the curb I started my coaching business. It was around the time I had my very first mentor coach who no longer is in my life. Um, I fell really ill and became hospitalized shortly after that big leap for, for obvious reasons probably, right? Because we make ourselves sick. And during that time, it was a very, very depressing and dark time in my life, Erica, because I really wanted to give up after, you know, just like one and a half month in, if, if even. And my coach at the time, gave me the biggest gift in the whole world that you could ever give anybody and it was to go and see my now spiritual advisor Teresa Reed mm -hmm. the tarot lady and yeah, she sure. she she changed my life I'm, I'm sure you can you can uh, vouch for that and uh, it's it's now five years later and within the last 12 months I've been hearing quite a bit about you both from uh, a friend in my network his name is Jason and then Teresa had mentioned you a couple of times but then where I really struck gold was getting to hear your interview on Blogcast FM with Srini um, last year it was probably late in the year when he did a recap of the best of in 2012 so we bring us to today um, you're a guest at our show now I can't believe that we're connected in multiple ways I'm sure many more than, than I even know at this point but like I said in starting up the introduction I think our paths converged long before you and I even jumped into the, the, the things that we're doing now so with that thank you for being on our show I'm so blessed and honored to meet you as a result of that. So uh, what do you have to say about that, my dear? I think that is amazing because we never know 
what is happening in the background. Life is this big, giant mystery. And if we're willing to play the game, if we're willing to keep our eyes open and our ears open and pay attention to the mystery, it is super, super fun. So um, one of my dream endorsers, and I blogged about this, was Barbara Corcoran from the Shark Tank. She's also the founder of the Corcoran Group. And it was my dream to meet her, to connect with her uh, ever since 2002 when I read her book. And at that time, it was called use what you've got and she was such a huge inspiration for me so to have her endorse my book and for me to be able to connect with her and to have her be familiar with my work is because she was such a huge inspiration for me is amazing and when we set our intentions and we are not attached to how they play out or how it how we um, how things happen like it's so fun and so it's just like it's it's wickedly wickedly fun and I just want to encourage everybody to realize that we all have you know we all have dreams and goals and if we set those intentions and we just keep moving forward the right people are going to show up at the right time every single time absolutely I couldn't agree more uh, but this wasn't always the mindset or the mentality that we had Erica um, not many people in, in our audience really knows your full story uh, so I'd love for you to really recap for everybody where you came from and really where your path took you to lead you to now writing an amazing book and all the wonderful things that you do. Well, the, the short version is is that um, when I was 21, I became a stripper out in Seattle, Washington, and it was it wasn't a decision that I made lightly. It actually took me a year to to make that decision. I did a lot of like investigative research, and I talk about that in my book, Think Like a Stripper. And I never anticipated that I would end up doing it for nine years. I really thought I'll just do it for a couple of years. And I needed money for a specific thing that I was doing, and I ended up getting really addicted to the lifestyle and the fast money and the flexible hours. And it gave me a lot of freedom, and for somebody who really likes freedom in her life, it was very attractive to me. And after nine years, I eventually figured out a way to leave. And it really, I mean, when we talk about scary, it was so flippin' scary for me to leave that, to leave that business because, like I said, it had been my life for nine years. And other than um, going to college forever and a day, you know, I knew like how to write. I knew how to write papers. I knew how to do research. I spent a lot of time in a library, and then the other half of the time I was in a strip club. And so I didn't have a huge network. I didn't, you know, I barely had a resume, and I certainly didn't want to put on there like, hey, I used to be a stripper. And uh, I didn't know how to leverage that into the, the skill set that it truly is for me or that it truly became for me. And so it was really scary for me to leave that life, but I was so, so done with it. And I think this happens in everybody's career, no matter what it is, is what starts out as a challenge can become a comfy cage. And as soon as we get comfortable, we get bored and we stop learning and we stop growing. And that is part of our job on planet Earth is to keep expanding and to be keep coming new better versions of, of ourselves and so I didn't have a plan and it you know like it was just like I'm just gonna quit and I don't care what happens like I am not going back there's nothing that's gonna get me back in that club because I was just like beyond burnt out and then um, we talk about that opportunity we talk about things happening in the background if we set our intentions and we're really clear about what it is that we do want and I got a job offer from my father, who is also um, a successful entrepreneur, and that was to come and work in commercial real estate with him. 
here in Minnesota where I live now. And I never had an ounce of desire to work in commercial real estate, but I needed a job and I wanted to get out of Seattle because I was concerned that I was going to go back to, um, to, to, the, to the industry because things were not going as I had planned and I was running out of money and so I knew that I had to go. And so I lived in Seattle, Washington for 11 years and within three weeks I was living with my mom and working with my dad. And it was a complete huge change in my life and one of the best things I ever did and I ended up working with my father and we co-created a very successful commercial real estate company and I did that for 10 years and then um, you know the backstory to that is three years in I started to get bored with that and I needed to challenge myself again and so I started to think about you know creating a career creating a business creating a lifestyle where I wouldn't I, even if I outgrew myself, like I can move on to the next thing and I could constantly reinvent myself. And so that's part of how I started Daily Whip and started my whole coaching career was really because I was bored and I needed something else to do with myself. And so I started looking at my passions and my strengths and things that I was obsessed with. And uh, I saw the season premiere of The Apprentice. And this was in 2004, and I'd never watched reality TV before. And when I saw how the entrepreneurs were struggling with the challenges and getting along with each other, and I thought, hey, I worked in a strip club. Like, that's nothing. Like, that's a cakewalk. Like, Donald Trump, the boredom, that is nothing. And so I thought, I can do this. I can help them. And I, it was something that I was already passionate about. So I decided to get my coaching certification, and that's kind of how it started to uh, unfold. And then in the fall of 2011, I went full-time. Uh, with my coaching program, The Daily Whip. And here's that, here I am. That's awesome. You make it seem like it, it was so simple. <laughs> oh, <so awesome. laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What the hell am I? <laughs> yeah, it's no. easy now, but it was it's been a it's been a tough, you know, the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life, for sure. For sure. Right. But I'm so happy that I've done it and it's been so much work. It's still so much work every day. I'm like, okay, what's next? What am I doing? And how am I going to shift this? And how am I going to do this? And I'm bored with that. I figure that out and I need to do the next thing. So I'm still constantly having that conversation with myself. Of, I never want to get comfy because when I'm comfy, I get depressed and I get bored. Um, someone told me yesterday that I should take a four-week vacation and I was like, are you kidding me? That would be the worst thing for me. Like, I would have to go on Prozac if I took a vacation. <laughs> Uh, a workcation where I can work and play is definitely in my wheelhouse, but a straight-up vacation, no way. <laughs> well, for those who follow you, and, and I, I'm subscribed pretty much everywhere, there's Daily Whip, okay? So so I'm very familiar with, with the word hustle. Right. So yeah. tell tell us tell us about that. I really do feel like you know you embody that word. So tell us how hustle. How do you incorporate that into your business and into your life? And what does that word really mean to you? And and what can you embark on other? I'm, I'm sorry, impart on other entrepreneurs who might not like or understand the hustle. Well, it's just like with with a lot of language in our popular culture, there can be different connotations to it. I used to be completely turned off the word bitch, and if anybody called me a bitch like you better look out because you're probably going to get physically harmed so but now I just like whatever I don't care you know I use it loosely and it doesn't bother me so I think that um, you know looking at a word and you know and hustle is one of those words where it can be used in a positive way and it's also used in a negative way and it's a word that I really like because it really connotates creativity and cleverness and energy and if you watch Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran, again, one of my favorite TV shows is Shark Tank, and they use the word hustle on there like, 
wow, watch out, you're about to get hustled, or he really hustled you, or she really hustled you. But that at the same time, they'll turn it around and use it as, like, you got to get out there and hustle. you got to get out there and figure it out. And that's what I think hustle, hustling is about. It's about being crafty. It's about being scrappy. It's about being creative. And a lot of people aren't willing to hustle. And hustle is like, it's like the space in between the cracks that people aren't willing to go. And that's where the good stuff is. And that's where innovation happens. And that's where creativity happens. And that's where... Um, like all the cool stuff that happens on the planet is because someone figured it out and someone created a new market, a new category, a new genre. And it's because they're out there and hustling and it's usually because they were struggling with something or they didn't see how they, they fit into the, you know, the molds that was like kind of like the, the status quo. And every industry eventually gets a status quo. I don't care what it is. You could be like the most cutting edge technology and in five years you're going to be status quo. So it's, it's about constantly reinventing yourself. So I use hustle as, um, it's about, you know, again, getting crafty and getting creative and bringing a lot of energy to something. And again, it's about um, being resourceful. And I believe that money, it's not just you have it or you don't, it's about getting resourceful with it. And I do believe that money is created and that's part of hustling, it's about creating money. Right. I, I really love that point. We've talked quite a bit with past uh, entrepreneurs we've had on our show as guests. And between Phil and I in our backstage episodes, we talk quite a bit about how people define success. And, you know, the old, the old, you know, definition was something along the lines of the more money you have, right, or the more shiny objects you have. Um, when I think about that and I think about your story, you have a couple of degrees, right? You have a lot of accolades that back up who you are and what you do. But it sounds like you know, the experience that you've gained and the credibility that you've gained has really come from the hustle, your determination, your persistence, and your perseverance um, on top of all of those other things that a lot of people think are what success means. I mean, would you agree with that? Totally. And I think that I'm a huge fan of college education because I learned so much. Um, from my college education, but even with that, within that, I was reinventing the way things I was doing. Like we had to write a, a thesis paper, and one of my degrees is in women's studies, and I thought this is boring. Like I don't want to write about this. I don't want to do this. And how can I reinvent it? So, you know, I found a professor that was not in that program, and I said, "Will you be my mentor on this?" And you know, I ended up. She's like, "Well, you have to take all these other classes to write this paper." So I took two. Uh, two semesters of classes. My paper was about the Cultural Revolution in, in China. And so I take all these classes about Chinese culture and history and politics and anthropology and literature just so I could write my thesis paper. And I thought, what kind of person does this? Like, why would I do this to myself? Like, I could just, like, coast it along and written a paper like everybody else. I'm like, no, I'm going to take, like, an extra year to finish this just so I can be entertained and interested. So... I think that's a part of me is I'm never looking for like what's the easiest way to do this but again I love to learn and I love to be challenged so and I love to create and that's I think that's just a part of my personality and that's that's not the same thing for everybody and so if you know going in and taking the test and those kinds of things like acing the test make you like super happy like you know I'm not one to judge you on that but I think um, it, it really is about finding your place in the world and not not even just finding it but creating it. I mean like we're always creating who we are and how we show up and, and what we do for, for people in our businesses and that's an ongoing challenge and that's an ongoing thing and that's the kind of thing that 
you're, you can never learn from a book and you can't learn it in a classroom and no matter how awesome my book Think Like a Stripper is, you have to get out there and you have to make it your own. Go big or go home. <laughs> that, that's what I'm hearing. Yes, I, yes. I, I have one more thing for you, and then we'll turn it over to Phil, because I know he's dying to ask you a bunch of stuff. But um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, I heard you already say it a couple of times here in our conversation and in some previous interviews you've had, but you're really damn good at choosing yourself. Uh, we had James Altucher on our show a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, he's got that amazing book, Choose Yourself. And I love the whole, the whole aspect of don't wait for permission and go out there and ask for what you want. You've done a fabulous job of that. You've talked about that with, with a, a teacher from your previous college experience. The Barbara Corcoran story, I heard that in another interview you had where you actually went out and you made that shit happen. She didn't just land on your lap. No. You worked hard. I had one of my out. clients and friends go to an event that she was going to be at. The ticket was seven. I spent $700 on this ticket, and I said, Amber, your one only job is to deliver this letter and get it in her hands, and that's what happened. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm either out $700 and Amber had an amazing time at this super, like, deluxe event or, but I have to go for it because this is my dream. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly it. And so if you could expand on that a little bit further, waiting for permission versus going and choosing yourself, I think this has become a really big topic of discussion in recent years. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I think that um, I do have a slightly unfair advantage to that because I really believe that's one of my natural gifts on the talent is choosing myself. And um, my friend, last summer or last winter, I was down in Austin, Texas with my friend Betty Jean Bell. If you're listening, Betty Jean, hello. Um, she's amazing. And she said to me, she goes, you should teach a class on how to be entitled. <laughs> and she's like, and I mean that in the best way possible. But we we got out to eat, and she had opened the door, and I just to the restaurant, and I just assumed she's like opening it for me. Like, of course, the door is open; it must be for me. And so I've just always been that way my whole life. Of like, you know, if like there's two pieces of pie on the counter, and one's little and one's big, I assume that the person cut the big piece for me. Um, <laughs> You know, like if you have food on your plate and I'm sitting next to you, even if we just met, I will like reach over and while I'm grabbing a fry, going, do you mind if I have one of your French fries? And so I just have always been like that. And I, I can't explain it. It's just something. But after she said that and she said, and I mean that like in the best way, not that like you're a spoiled brat, but it's you just expect certain things. And when you want something, you just figure out how to get it and you just like, you just come from a place of like, I deserve this just because. And I think that's one of the things um, I saw Fitty set on an interview with Oprah, or no, with, um, yeah, on Chelsea, talking about Chelsea Handler because they had dated and he was on Chelsea's show and he said to her, I deserve you. And there was no justifications, there was no qualifications, there was no, uh, you know, excuses around that or why. He's like, I deserve you. And I think that's been a huge part of his success is that he comes from this place of I deserve it simply because I deserve it. And that is, I think, a really difficult thing for people to have that conversation um, around I deserve because then we come up with excuses or reasons why, like I'm a good person or I, you know, I prayed today or I donated to charity or you know, I took my grandma out for coffee, you know, whatever it is. But we come from this place of like I deserve it simply because it's available to me. And this is not about being greedy or, 
um, spoiled or which you know I think it's good to spoil yourself um, as long as you don't tip to that like you know neurotic side of you know narcissism um, but I think that again like looking for these places of these small little things in your life of where are you not feeling like you deserve something like where do you feel like you deserve the, the small piece of pie like where are you not taking the big piece of pie when it's offered to you I love it and um, that's no surprise because if you go on your website you talk all about business confidence and helping other people build their business through confidence and obviously other strategic uh, activities as well. Um, Phil, man, I am so sorry. I stole the stage with Erica. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> Phil, all you, man. Yeah, no, good stuff, really. Um, how, how do we build those business confidence muscles though, Erica? I mean, that's great. Like you said, you're born with that. And well, okay, yeah. I was, I was, I've always been a little, like, again, like, if I did get what I wanted when I was little, like, I would pull your hair, I would steal your doll. Um, one of my best friends, the first time she came over, like, I punched her because she wouldn't give me the Barbie I wanted. So this is not about being a bully. This is not about being a brat. That is not what I'm talking about. It is about, um, and there's been things in my life, like, I haven't, I don't just, like, do something and then, like, oh, I'm completely confident about this. Like, no problem. Like, what are you guys complaining about? What a bunch of babies. Everything that I have done, I've built my confidence along the way. So, example, when I was a stripper, like, getting naked on stage was not something that I was like, hey, everybody, look at me. It was something that I had to build up. I come from a very conservative background, and definitely nudity was not a thing that we did in our house. And, you know, we didn't talk about it, and, you know, we weren't like, hey, you know, like, my parents weren't walking around like, after the shower with their clothes off, like it was like, oh my God, I'm naked, cover up. It was very, very, you know, very conservative family. And so I was probably like one of the least likely candidates to to get on a stage and, and to get naked. Um, but the thing is, is I had something bigger and I call it a red carpet dream. And that is like, you have to have a reason why you're doing something. I mean, you know, Simon Sinek talks about sort of why. And my why was I wanted to to, to raise money for school. I wanted to get money for school and I also knew that being a stripper would really challenge me. Like I knew that I could look back on that and say, you know what, this is a tough situation right now but I used to be a stripper and you know what, that took a lot of confidence and that took a lot of balls and I don't have balls so which means like I had to get extra balls to, to get that up there. And um, it so it's coming from that place of why are you doing this? So I don't just do things just to do things. So example, um, you're not going to see me jumping out of, an, out of an airplane unless it's like someone said to me or I could wrap my brain around it. Like if you do this, you are going to be like the world's greatest speaker and everyone's going to listen to you. Then I probably would do it. Like I need a motivation to do something. And so when you think of business confidence, you think of like, well, why am I doing this? And what is this going to make available to me? And what's the experience that I want to have? And so when we don't do it as like, I'm doing this, you know, specifically for outcome, but I'm doing this because this is the kind of experience that I want to have. This is the kind of person that I want to be. That's going to help you build your confidence. And I'm not someone who's ever wanted to be afraid and shy and scared and not go after my dreams like I want it all like I want all the cake and the only way that I'm gonna get all the cake is by you know 
doing the hard things along the way and doing things that scare me and terrify me. And there's still tons of things that scare me and terrify me. Again, like jumping out of an airplane, I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon. So it really is, it's built along the way. And, you know, we all have different degrees of, of confidence in, in different things where, you know, I, when we're doing something for the first time. So even when I um, started working in commercial real estate, like I was terrified of it. And my dad worked with me for like a year to help me build my sales confidence uh, with working with customers and with tenants, even though like I was super comfortable talking to people. Like that part was great of it because working in a strip club, I had to work with so many different kinds of people and so many different personalities from so many different backgrounds. And you know, when you're as a stripper, like you got to get close to people really fast. You can't be like, hey, you over there. You know, you got to like come up to people and put your arm around them and act like these dudes, like, like you've been best friends your whole life. And, uh, but then when I went, you know, full-time in Daily Whip and like the rent was due and the wolf was at the door and I was like, okay, now I got to hustle, Lear Mark, like, all this stuff that you've been talking about, like you got to, you got to do the work now. And it was scary and I was terrified and I would get up and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out because I have to, like I've been waiting my whole life. This is my dream job. Uh, it was two years ago, so, you know, 40 years old, 39 years old, and I'm like, the time is now. And so it's built along the way. It's not easy for anybody. Everybody has challenges. Everybody has to build it along the way. But most people give up way too soon. Wow. That is some powerful stuff. So let me, let me recap a little bit of that. What I'm hearing is if your why is big enough, your confidence will follow. Yes. That was a big. Yeah, and it's got to be really big. You can't be, um, and I think first, um, like some of my clients, they have spouses. We really have to kind of focus on that, right? And not on the outcome, but really on kind of that why. What motivates us? What inspires us? Why and really are we clear, doing it? Yeah, on what motivates you. And I think that's so important. That's that's different for everybody. Yep. Yeah, cool. So, so Erica, what in the heck is scaring you right now? Is there anything in your business? I mean, you've been doing this a couple of years. You've got this daily whip thing. So what? What's what's keeping you up at night? Um. Well, nothing's keeping me up at night because I have this little trick that I learned from a book. It's called Wishes Fulfilled by Wayne Dyer, and it's I spend five minutes before I go to bed and I tell myself amazing happy thoughts before I go to bed. And honestly, like I have the best dreams. I sleep like a baby. It's awesome. But I would say the things that the challenges that I have is that I've worked with um, with my my offerings on a smaller scale, and so this fall I'm releasing a brand new daily whip, and it's going to be amazing and awesome, and I'm offering it to a um, a larger community, um, and I'm working on getting sponsors, and so I'm bringing in more uh, more people in a way that that I haven't done before. It's a new business challenge for me, so I'm really excited about that. That's really cool. So, so excitement often is on the other side of fear. You mentioned Absolutely. people quitting, quitting too soon. So why do you, why have, like what besides this innate confidence has helped you get through some of those, some of those excitement slash fear times for you? Um, one thing that really helps me is coming from a place of service. And so being present with people, like we all have gifts to share with people. And so when I come from a place of I'm here to serve you and that's all I'm here to do, it really shifts things as well. And the other thing about the service and, um, 
and uh, it's getting better with your craft. And so every experience that I go through, I get a little bit better at, at what I do. Yeah, so practice plus perfect, or plus perfect. <laughs> practice plus perfect, yeah. No, Always call practice perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Erica, Erica is perfect. Erica's perfect, yeah. so, you know, yeah, she can't help that. All the time, yeah. never no. make a mistake. Right? <laughs> of being of service, right? Practice plus purpose equals something greater than yourself. Absolutely. And you can't make it about yourself. I mean, it's, it's like the craziest thing. It's, it's, it's very nuanced, and it's, you know, it's like the sound of one hand clapping, but it's, it's that, uh, right, um, it's that it, it is about you, but it's not about you. It's like we're all connected, but you got to show up. Yeah. Wow. So, Bernie, do you want to bring us home here? Wrap it up here with any final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show, Erica. It always sucks because we try to keep our, our uh, episodes under 30 minutes, but it's like we're just scratching the surface with you. I know. <laughs> I know, right? So that being said, what's the best way for um, folks to find you on the web or even offline? Uh, Daily Whip. Dailywhip.com, at Dailywhip is my Twitter handle, Facebook slash Dailywhip. Dailywhip, Dailywhip, Dailywhip. <laughs> and the best place for people to get your new book, if you could just kind of uh, uh, give Amazon. a brief summary about that. Yep, yep. Think like a stripper business lessons to up your confidence, attract more clients, and rule your market, Amazon.com. Um, if you even just uh, type in thinklikeastripper.com, that will take you to, a, like, I have like a mini site, a book site on my site, and that'll give you all the info that you need. And it's available on Kindle, um, iPad, Nook, all like the ebook readers, or you can get the hard copy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. It's been such a pleasure having awesome. you. Yay. Thanks, Erica. You're welcome. Did you know the Shut Up Show has a store? Go to theshutupshow.com slash store and check out the awesome digital products we created just for you. Also, if you're a content creator, you've got to check out our sponsor, Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously, simple selling. Go check them out today.